The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And wow, we've been really diving into a lot of AI. We actually have seen a pretty big bump in our AI Today podcast listeners. Obviously, AI is the topic of almost every conversation, at least the ones about technology. We won't talk about the other conversations that may be happening around the world and all sorts of other topics. We focus on technology and more specifically AI and so uh, we we do like hearing from you. We do hear, honestly, every day we hear from many companies and people who want to be guests in our podcast. Thank you very much for you for listening to it. But but we try not to make this like, a, you know, a shill podcast where people are listening to companies pitching their products. There are some other podcasts for you if you'd like to listen to that. This one is always focused on how are people making AI work today within their organizations. And of course, some of the hot topics that are coming around today. We obviously talk about generative AI. So if you haven't tuned in, we have a whole series focused on generative AI. We have a trustworthy AI series as well, which I think we're kind of getting near the end of that where we talk about all the layers of trustworthy AI. We have a glossary series where we talk about some of the key topics. I know that's coming to an end fairly soon as well. Uh, but of course, we also talk to real practitioners who are doing real things with AI today. Exactly. And we always think that that's important because we always say you should be learning from others. Don't make the same mistakes as others. See what's worked for them. So it's important that we have those discussions on our podcast. So we're so excited to have with us today, Sergio Villanueva Mayer, who is CEO at Infra, and he is also CPMAI certified in AI and project management methodology. Welcome, Sergio, and thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Rona and Kathleen. Happy to, to be here. Yeah, we're looking forward to the discussion today. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and now your current role at Infra. Sure. So I have been working with, with technology since um, 2008 in the industry of architecture, engineering, and, and construction. Also a little bit about um, facility management and operation and, and maintenance of, of buildings and large infrastructure projects such as hospitals and airports. And when I was in, in architecture school, I, I started building like 3D models by hand and glue and wood. And around 2004, 2005, um, Autodesk, which is one of the largest um, technology companies, came out um, with this software called um, Revit, which is a parametric bidirectional um, tool that you can start building a, a project, let's say a house. And when you make a change in a, the size of a door, for example, you don't have to make the change in every detail, elevation, floor plan, it automatically changes, it automatically like automates that process. So it was uh, hard to adopt in a quite conservative um, industry, but um, I've been implemented, I be, have been implementing these tools since 2008, 2009. Uh, it's been a, it's been a fun, um, fun time trying to, to 
to be able to be an, a change agent with these tools. Um, now I'm a certified a mentor with a Stanford University virtual design and construction, which um, it's similar to CPMAI in the in the idea that we have to to start with the business objectives, with the project objectives, and from then we can decide how are we going to implement these technologies in our projects. So for me, it has been very, very refreshing and, and also to help me dive deeper into the, the, the different ways that we can start implementing AI in, in our projects. My, my experience uh, in the industry, I have been able to, to work as a BIM manager and program manager for large projects. And most recently in the redevelopment of the Jorge Chavez International Airport, which is Peru's largest um, airport, it was around a billion dollar um, project. I have worked at, for the New York and New Jersey Port Authority for the redevelopment of uh, Newark, LaGuardia, JFK airports, and the whole um, beam implementation plan for them, as well as different hospitals in New York, such as the Westchester Medical Center. I have been able to, to also implement it in several projects, in several um, construction companies in, in Peru and in Chile. And being able to, to understand the capacity of the tools that we have and to learn the, the possibilities of, of these tools and trying to, uh, to, to understand how each company, how each project can use them for the benefit of the of the business objectives that has been my role currently at, at infra right now i have to discuss with the clients um, how are they doing the business as usual and try to understand and help them understand the different ways that they can start implementing these tools and getting exposed to to the possibilities um, and right now with uh, all this rise of, of ai I'm starting to to understand better um, the different ways um, of the evolution of, of technology and and what can be done. That's a little bit of um, my experience uh, summarized. It's <laughs> fantastic, and you know I think some of that experience is really very relevant. First of all, uh, I know Sergio, you you were very much a thought leader. One because you got certified in CPMEI yourself pretty early on, and I know that the industry we kind of hinted a little bit about this is somewhat conservative, which is interesting because, well, construction is one of the oldest industries in the world. It goes back before the pyramids. I can't even figure out when the first, who was the first engineer anyways? We'll never know. We'll never know. But <laughs> but uh, it's interesting because there it's a, it's a, it's a trade-off, right? Because in some ways we see new materials coming around all the time, new construction techniques all the time. And even in the area of things like project management, uh, you know, uh, construction has, was an early and still is a pretty big adopter in project management methodologies. Well, which makes sense because large construction projects are complicated, involve a lot of people, a lot of steps. You were talking about putting the window in the right place. You put it in the wrong place. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a hard, it's not like software. It's not like, well, we'll have another release tomorrow or the next five minutes. I'll do a bug fix. That's a little harder problem. So at the same time, it's conservative on the one hand, but on the other hand, um, more aggressive on the adoption 
of of AI. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, maybe assuming your insights into how you see adoption of AI specifically uh, in the architecture, engineering, and construction industry, which I know goes by that term moniker AEC, if folks haven't heard about that, and maybe some of the challenges that you see in the adoption of AI in that industry. Sure. So in a way, technology is allowing us to go back <laughs> to the idea of the master builder, if, if we go back in time, and how uh, the, the master builder had to, the master builder ha- had to integrate the design with the construction methods and participate during the whole like lifestyle. Um, lifestyle, not sorry, the the life cycle of the of the building of the project. And the industry of the AEC has been quite fragmented over the times. It, it evolved in a, in a way that now we have the architect with a design and then he shares it. He shares the design with a structural engineer. And then from that, we have a mechanical engineer, electrical engineer. And then we have the the changes of the clients or the changes in the materials. or And then there's a little bit of a miscoordination, um, definitely a, a, a miscommunication. And that has created several problems, not just in the in the design, problems that we see every day on on, on, on buildings, houses that, that that we look at and we're like, why didn't they thought about this? And in a way, it's because there has not been much um, collaboration, communication because of the, the fragmented nature of the, you're building the design and then it, it's like a, the process, uh, design, bid, build process, which most recently has been changing more to an integrated process in where we have these, ICE uh, meetings, ICE, um, which means integrated integrated concurrent engineering, in where we can bring the whole team together of stakeholders, the architect, the electrical engineer, the mechanical, and we can all start looking at at the project in a more complete way and and negotiating, like what has to move, what has to, to, to change before we start building the project. The idea is to build digitally a digital project first, solve all the different problems like we would on a Rubik's Cube. And once we clean up the design, the interference, the, the clashes between, for example, a column and a pipe, we can have less variability we can have we can be more more certain on on the outcome and on the success of the project and we can have the whole team of specialists working towards a project so this has been a a, a paradigm change this has been a, a big change uh, in, in in the way the contracts are designed the way we work together bringing the whole team together to visualize in a computer screen, the 3D models, and we can start working, designing, fixing um, the actual design to reduce the the problems that gives us some statistics that are not good. For example, 70% of the projects, these are estimates, right? But 70% of the projects do not finish within the budget. 
75% of the projects, these are like worldwide statistics, one of the largest studies um, done in the industry. 75% do not finish within the schedule. So there are some, some problems in the in, in the AEC industry, which by many can be seen a, a, as broken. And now we have these new concepts, methodologies, such as virtual design and construction, coined by Stanford University in SIFI, Center of Integrated Facility Engineering, or um, Building Information and Modeling, um, BIM, that, that, that have been have been a, that, that the industry has been adopting to to improve the outcomes of the of the projects you know it's funny because we talk construction and of course you know we think in terms of ai and data methodology and if you just interchange some of the words it's very much the same thing people right now are are so um fixated on the building part you know it's like let's just let's build a foundation you know dig the hole the foundation let's build the foundation let's construct it and then they're like but you didn't even think about the, the column is where the pipe and then the window is in the wrong place and the, the plumbing is the next to the, you know, and it's like, oh, we need to actually have a methodology. We need to have a process. And you're, and the funny thing is the statistic, which I didn't know about in advance uh, for construction really matches very well with the same failure rate with AI, 80 plus percent of AI projects fail. And it's not because uh, people are using, say, the wrong product to build their model. It's not because they don't know how to build a machine learning model. They do. There's our data scientists, machine learning engineers, and even some of the biggest companies. And the projects fail for the same reason that you talk about. They don't meet their designed goal. They don't meet the budget. They don't meet the time. And a lot of times it's because they focus too much on the building part and not enough on the planning part, or more specifically, the problems. And they <laughs> you push the problems to when it's kind of a little too late to fix them. And of course, that means you can't do your project. We're like, well, we just built this building here. Uh, column is in the middle of the waste stack. So I'm just like, well, I guess there won't be any bathrooms above the second floor. So, you know, yeah, that's a problem. So um, it's very consistent with this idea of methodology. So so like, you know, may, maybe from your perspective here, when you see, because we're talking, you know, AI methodology, AI project methodology, and, you're t and, and you have that you know, expertise now, but you also have this perspective of construction methodology. Are there are there similarities? Like, you know, maybe maybe even some cautions for us. Was it difficult to get these construction methodologies in place as obvious as you would think they would be? Maybe some insights into to the comparing the methodologies uh, a bit. Yes, yes, it's uh, in a way it's 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 very similar for me. Like learning about CPM AI has been a uh, in a way going back when I was learning about the the VDC methodology, and it uh, I'm sure this happens for 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 many people that that are implementing AI in their in their own industries, and. In regards to the design that you were mentioning, like we live in a, in a culture that we're always trying to save money, right? And if we think about the cost of the construction of a project and we compare the cost of the construction to the cost of the design of the project, the construction is much more expensive, of course, right? And we're trying to save time everywhere. We're trying to save time and money in the construction, because you have the construction cranes, you have all the workers, you have, it's very expensive to, to run a, a construction job site. And in the engineering stage, of course, we're trying to save money as, as well. It can be very expensive. And 
also try to design as quick as possible, especially companies that have several projects in their pipeline. So if we save or try to save time and money in the design of the project, we are going to have to pay that price during the construction stage. If we save in the design stage, we're going to pay the price in the construction stage. So what we're trying to do with the VDC is we try to, to integrate the stages. We start thinking about the construction and the constructability problems during the design, even though the architect is not the expert in construction, he's an architect, we bring the, 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 the GCs, we bring the builders to the conversation early on. Even, we, even build the, we even bring the subcontractors, specialists, the HVAC sub, for example, we bring him early, early on. What this does is this makes the design stage longer. This will make the design phase more expensive because we're spending more time, we're thinking more, we're designing better. We're we, we are we're gonna have to pay more money to the architect because now we don't want just a 2D line drawing in AutoCAD. We want 3D models, and we don't just want the 3D models, we want a 3D integrate. We want to integrate the architecture with the structure, with the electrical, with the piping, with the fire protection. So of course the design stage is going to be longer and more expensive. However, the savings in the construction phase are going to be much larger. So it's investing in a way early on in the early phases, but we have to have a, like a long-term long, um, long -term view of the whole cost, like the life cycle uh, costing of the project. And since the projects usually follow a design bid build concept it's a, it's hard to see that if we change the contracts to a ipv which stands for integrated project delivery in which we bring the builders to the early stages and we start collaborating communicating solving asking the the, speci the specialists asking the experts the questions early on it, in a way, it's changing the contracts. It's a paradigm shift. It's, change, it's bringing people that they might not be experts in, in, in BIM. It's hiring um, 3D modelers. It's, it's, it has been very, very slow, and it has been hard for a conservative industry, but it's, it has happened. It's happening all over the world. And BIM right now, like building information modeling, it's a common place in the industry. So I think the uh, like the hard part in that technology implementation has been done. I think we have a, a good solid foundation over the past 10, 20 years. So now we can start implementing more advanced tools. And now we can start in, in implementing um, energy, energy analysis and predictive design, automated compliance, code checking, um, and enhance the collaboration and 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 also like optimize like the the resource allocation. Start using like predictive analysis for how many days it's gonna rain. Like we can start using like more like innovative, you know, innovative, cooler um, uses to our to our to our industry. And and I think the industry is is ready is ready right now to adopt these um these new technologies. But if we don't think about it, if we don't um and have like a, a 
an in-place like business um, model or, or what are the, the business objectives, the project objectives, uh, and which tools are going to be used and why. And we don't really think about it before even the design. And that's what you guys do with CPM AI. And that's what we do with, with VDC and, and BIM. It's, a, it's going to be um, harder, right? So um, yes, um, that's, that's kind of like where we stand right now. And, and there's a, a huge potential. Yeah, you know, with CPM AI for folks who listen to our podcast and know the methodology, we always say start with business understanding, right? Because if you're not actually solving a real problem, then don't move forward. And also, you're right, sometimes it does take some time to figure this out. You need to really brainstorm, make sure you're moving forward with a real problem that you're trying to solve. Uh, and, you know, you had said sometimes maybe that's more upfront costs or it's longer time up front, but you don't want to get into a project only to realize you don't have, you know, windows in the right spot. Or for us, you don't have the data that you need and you don't have access to that data because then you have way more problems than, you know, just having this delayed for a little bit of time. So those are really great points. And we continue to like to say that on the podcast share that with our customers because these really are fundamental things. Like don't move forward if you're not ready. You can always go back and iterate if needed, but don't move forward if you're not ready because you're just going to get stuck farther down the road. So this is, you know, this segues really great into my next question, which has to talk about some of the challenges that you've seen when you are scoping and planning different data automation and AI projects. And how has the CPM AI methodology, the cognitive project management for AI methodology, helped you better approach these projects so that you are understanding the challenges and addressing them? So there, there are many challenges, especially with uh, with information that on the, the data that we're we're dealing with. In a way, we have all these um we have to organize the, the information that we have. Following the example of the of the door, which what what, what which data that, that that door has, and the dimensions, the size, the brand, the material, the location, when is it going to be installed, etc. And when we have a large project like a hospital with medical gases and fire protection, how we organize the information and how we can integrate one model. That might be, that might have been built using a, a a software that's different than the software used by the architect or by the structural engineer because they all have they all have their niche tools. There has been some really great uh, advances in in, for example, standards. And we have a an, an ISO, which is like an international standard organization that we have the ISO 1960, I think it is. We have the we have the IFC, International Foundation Classes formats. So we can now save models in the IFC format that can help us integrate these 3D models in one single federated model that that can be done. But there are several challenges still because sometimes you can import a model and the it just doesn't come up. So there, there are some challenges that we need to, in a way, have the information ready to be integrated. And um, also the updates. The as we know, 
any design, any project, any new design, the changes are constant. Like we we never have a project that is just complete and it's just done from the get-go. Like the, even during the construction stage, there are always, always changes and or errors or design errors that we have to 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 keep updating these models. So the ver the versioning, it's also there are several challenges. And most of these technology companies that provide um, tools for our industry have been um, providing several solutions. And, and the solutions are there. The technology is there. However, we, the users, um, the builders, the designers, we have to learn how to use them, when to use them, how to integrate them, how to reach an agreement of which formats are we going to use? What are going to be the, the, the data sources? And when are we going to upload them? And for that to, to, to beat those challenges, we have um, what is called a, a BEP, which stands for a BIM execution plan. And it's like an agreement that we bring all the stake, all the stakeholders. By stakeholders, I mean the engineer, the architect, the client, the project managers. And we can all agree upon that we will build our, our 3D models in these formats and that we will share our models per periodically, like once every two weeks or the first week of every month. So we reach these agreements so we can actually integrate these models that are updated with the proper information. Because as also, as you guys several times say in the CPMAI certification course, trash in, trash out, right? So we have to make sure the, the information is reliable, it's useful, because we don't want to make a, a, an error in the 3D model and then we see the error in the real in the real project. So there are several, several challenges, but um they can all be um, overcome if we have if we do some planning, if we reach disagreements, and if we follow some some guidelines, some frameworks. Just like the one that, that you guys provide us with a, a CPMAI. Yeah, that's really great. You know, and I guess specifically, how has CPMAI getting certified in the methodology really helped your knowledge and career? Sure. Um, so I have been uh, working with technology for, for quite some, some time. However, I sometimes think about software engineers and, and, and data scientists, and, and I think about them because I am not one. I am not a software developer. I am um, more of a, like a technology advocate, and I'm always learning. I, I love to, to, to learn, but in a way, AI is very intimidating. Like, in a way, for many of us, it's like magic, and we don't know where to start. It's overwhelming. So it's in a way the same thing that happened to, to me and to many of us with, with, with BIM. You would look at these 3D models, and for you guys, it might be like might be like hard to, to visualize because it's not your industry. But for me, that I do not come from the, the AI world, it um helps me um reduce my my fear to, to how this is done. It gives me a framework on where to start. It gives my mind an order. Uh, it gives me confidence. It helps me understand that terminology. It, it helps me 
understand um, how can I use it. Also, it helps me validate that what I've been doing with all these methodologies about like understanding the business um, objectives, understanding that we have to iterate, understanding um, that it's in a way common sense. <laughs> but we had like it's the same thing. It's like how to implement anything. You have to um, stop, learn about it, see how others are using it, what value can it add to the project, why are, are we doing it, who is going to implement it, how are we going to implement it, when, and, and, make, and having these questions, preparing a budget, like who is going, like how much is going to cost, implement, like what are the benefits going to be. You know, it helps me like also be more humble in, 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 in our approach, knowing that at the beginning, this is something I always tell our clients. They don't like to, to hear this, but the first project you're going to do with BIM, you're going to fail. Like it's not going to be the best one. Um, even though we have all the right tools and even though we have the right and the, the, the most like um, sophisticated uh, software and BIM manager, it's not just like, you don't just buy a BIM model. It's about collaboration. It's about integrating the team. It's about communication. It's a more complete team effort, not just of one company, but several companies working together for a project. So it gives me that confidence of understanding a framework that is not, it's just not, it's, it's not just a, a master's degree at a university. It's geared towards a projects and that's what we do in our industry we build projects we don't we don't we don't just learn to have a certificate we it's in a, in a way more similar to what the pmi does which is very popular in in our industry so in a way it gives us clarity and confidence and it has um, helped me um understand better how it's used in different industries and 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 give me confidence on on having some some idea on on how this really works. That's fantastic. Well, well, we're, we're great to hear that. We'd love to hear that. And I think our audience who are listening right now, if you're not familiar with CPMAI, as mentioned, it's the Cognitive Project Management for AI. It is an iterative methodology for running AI projects focused on trying to be successful and running a lot of the common problems that people run into around things like you know, not having the right data, having the wrong, not great quality models that mismatch the business need, issues of evaluating, not thinking about how the model will be used in production. All these things, there's a methodology. There's a there's a there's an order, as you mentioned. It's common sense. We think it's common sense, so we agree with you on that. I think for people who don't have a sense, who who have not done enough AI projects, they haven't built up that common sense. So for those of you who are listening, if you just want to learn a little bit more about CPMAI, we do have a free intro to CPMAI. AI course. It's about two hours, just provides a high-level overview of the methodology. We talk about the, the most common reasons for AI project failure. That's always one of actually one of our most popular podcast series, too, I have to say. We have an AI failure series. You can go back and listen to it, but you can also sign up for the free course. We do a nice little overview of that as well. And you can find out more information about our free course at AIToday.live slash CPMAI. That's AIToday.live slash CPMAI. And um, you'll learn more about that and more about the methodology and all that sort of stuff. And, and one of the things you were kind of mentioning is that even though we talk about project management and methodology and the doing things in the right order and avoiding failure and all this sort of stuff, 
a lot of people really do go through um, our training and certification, even just for basic fundamental knowledge, you know, just understanding concepts, you know, what is AI, what is machine learning? I think some of that's starting to get more into the popular understanding now, but still people have basic understanding questions. So I think, you know, in your case, um, you know, when you are going through this, um, some of it had to do with the methodology, which is great, and the certification component as well. But uh, to what extent did it, did it, CPMAI training help you build up your understanding, your skills, your knowledge, your lexicon, the various things that you, the credibility even aspect, maybe with your peers, that would be helpful for those who are, who are listening who might think that they don't, maybe they feel like they don't have a basic understanding. And so for them, it's like, well, I can't run a project on a basic understanding. So maybe you can talk to some of those points. Yes, well, in, in, in there, there are many factors, uh, starting from the fact that I, I do think you guys make it entertaining. It's uh, For me, it's almost fun. Uh, being honest, I, I sometimes I just play randomly any any from any, I just pick a topic and just listen to it because some of these things, which is the same with, with BDC, you have to repeat it over and over again. So if you listen to something that's, or you have to read it, or you have to learn it from from a very technical from a very technical perspective. It can get very very dull. So I think you guys make it fun. And the case studies, the, the 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 use cases are make sense. They are simple enough at the beginning, and then they start um, they they start getting more complex. I think it's a very complete um, methodology. I. It has helped me also understand that the the different aspects, the from things more b- basics like the seven patterns of of AI to to more technical um, concepts such as um, supervised learning and and get more in the in the different technicalities and especially with the with the terminology, and it's one of those things that 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 you just have to to be open to to spending some time with it for me in my case i complement it with uh, your podcast and also with the more um hyped up um, videos that we see in youtube which i confess that i also watch those so it's uh like a balance of like um staying up to date with with, with what's happening in the world of generative ai and Having more of a formal education with a methodology that that helps me um, understand within a framework that um, can be used um, with what I, what I think is the most important starting point for anyone implementing AI, which is like, why are you doing this? Does it make business sense? Do you need AI or not? Do you just need to use like a traditional software and you know is, is it which is one of the, the the biggest i think um propositions that i have sometimes when i work on a on a on a project and we have to build a, a model many times i talk to my clients and i tell them you don't really need to build a, a model for this project it's it, you don't have the the right team or or it's not complex enough you should just use the traditional tools it's not necessary so being like all like not just doing it because it's cool not just doing it because you have to but understanding it well it takes time it takes time you have to really spend time to learn it 
once you learn it and once you learn it again and again, you start building that confidence for you guys that have been doing this for such a long time. Might, might be hard to understand, but for us that are not as technical, um, we have to repeat repeat this information over and over again. And I think that the, the most recently V7 CPM AI that you guys have released with these more like bite-sized short clips make it much easier, much more entertaining, and and I do enjoy it. And that's, I think, a very important <laughs> fact um, factor in enjoying it. And, and also, like, I stop sometimes and I think about it and maybe I write about it and I go back to it. It's a process. It's a process. And and also, like, not rushing into it or, or for just, like, getting certified and, and just, like, also, I, I try to learn it. I try to understand it. And and there are so many concepts that um, it's important to understand them maybe from a higher level. And once you have that base, I want to get deeper in something specific. You you guys, the, the certification also like allows me to, to go deeper in some concepts. So uh, it's hard for me to 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 really like try to explain like how it's it's, it's helped me. I'm I'm still getting getting started with AI. I I've been learning about it maybe since 2016 in, in, in many ways. I have been talking to several companies implementing AI in our industry, like Alice Technologies, which I was lucky enough to, to meet them in 2017, 2018, 2017. And it takes time. It takes time. But I think um such, like just like the P the project management institute does it, you guys give us some 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 good guidelines and a structure that um that makes sense yeah you know that's what we're going for here right we want everybody to be able to follow this methodology and implement it whether you're just starting out whether you're well on on your way and it's not geared towards very technical folks because that's not uh, you know, really kind of where project manager strengths are, where people that are running AI projects, uh, it really is meant to be more for <clears throat> everybody to consume. And for our listeners, we actually are, you know, please reach out if you're interested in this or if you're interested in something that we don't quite offer yet, because we are really listening to folks and continuing to put out additional uh, courses and certifications and materials, workshops that are geared towards, uh, you know, everybody. We're looking at specific uh, industry-specific things as well. So we always like to hear from our listeners to understand your needs, where you see there's, you know, needs in the market, and then we are continuing to come up with different things. So definitely stay tuned for that. And our listeners, if you haven't already subscribed, make sure to subscribe to AI Today. You can always reach out to us. Go to AIToday.live. Go to Cognolitica.com. You can reach out to us on LinkedIn. Uh, we do love to hear from our listeners. And this has been such an incredible podcast where you get to share your insights, Sergio. We always love talking to you. But before we wrap up, we always ask one final question um, to all of our podcast guests, because no matter how many times we ask this, we always get such varied responses based on your individual experiences and, you know, what you want um, to see in the future. So as a final note, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to organizations and beyond? Well, I think it's it's uh, like all these organizations have 
all this data, like historical data on, on their own projects, on their own methods. That's how each company differs um, itself from the from the competition. So I think it's it's probably going to open some opportunities for, for companies to start implementing uh, these tools in their in the ways they want to, in the ways they have been working uh, on. And it um it's interesting, uh, I think depends on on how how far away we we, we look into the future right i it's, it's moving so fast that it's hard to 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 keep track with, with it especially with the uh, up and coming tools i do think that every day we're going to have a um, better platforms that we can start interacting with i do think that we will be able to interact more and more with these um, ai systems that are going to be like a like a new member of our team. We're gonna we're going to to have this like uh, an, an assistant for the project for the design. There are so many ideas that come to to my mind um, that that I love um, working on them and having them. Like for example, being in a, in a meeting and just talking about like what the design could be, or talking to a client about their design. Or architectural requirements, and this AI can listen to the conversations. And while we discuss, they start building and designing different options. Talking about like the option earring, option optioneering, and generative designs that can start helping. And in one stage, that can help us design better. And then once we get more technical with the engineering requirements and each country's different building code, it can start making sure the those code, we, we comply with the code and also safety at the job site. And especially starting to, to think about um, the responsible ways of, of, of implementing it because it's uh, it's uh, it's so, I think, um, groundbreaking that I'm sure um, right now that's one thing that I'm working on. Um, I have not finished my um, ethics and responsibility certification yet. I'm working towards it, but um, I think that's going to have a, a big, big role in the in the future, um, and and how it's going to include the like so, so society values and the input. For example, a, a museum or an airport, like start implementing the requirements of the. Of the users of the project, not just the the designer or the client, so, and and start make, making sure the design and the engineering of our future projects are are more um, are more integrated with what the society, with what the communities um, want in their cities. So, talking about smart cities, talking about um, also like gamification and digital twins, and being able to for more, more, more people to have access to these designs. It's uh, fun, um, sometimes easy, but sometimes we also have no idea where this is going to go because um, of the fast-paced nature of, of AI that we're seeing today. But it's exciting. It's so exciting for, I think, for everyone in the field. And and I'm, I can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> Fantastic. So, hey, so are we. We're always excited to see where things go. Fortunately for us, things keep changing. If they didn't, then we wouldn't be seven years and uh, almost 400 podcast episodes into this. 
without any end in sight. So we are thrilled to keep talking about this. We we have so many new things. I think for our listeners, by the way, we have a bunch of new series that are planning. We're going to start digging more into specific industry applications of AI and maybe specific you know ways in which uh, AI is helping or not helping or <laughs> can help, whatever. Uh, and I think I think we did some use case series a long time ago where we'd have one episode about one particular industry. But I think we're going to start maybe having more episodes about a single industry and kind of splitting things up. So it's a little things to look forward to. But uh, Sergio, I want to thank you so much. You are so you helpful, so insightful. Uh, a lot of the things you're sharing here, I think, are, are new for our, some of our listeners, even insights into the construction industry and technology and how it's being adopted or not adopted. Some of the challenges around project management, both traditional project management, construction engineering, as well as emerging technology uh, project management, both for construction engineering, as well as for uh, AI. So really, thank you so much for, for participating and sharing your insights with, with all our listeners. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Kathleen. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. We, Like I said, we always love having conversations with CPMAI certified individuals, and we always like talking to you as well. Listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. We'll link to any concepts that we discussed in the show notes, including links to podcasts that we had talked about, as well as our free intro to CPMAI course, at aitoday.live slash cpmai. We'll make sure to link to that in the show notes in case any of our listeners are interested in uh, taking advantage of that free course. And as always, we'll link to our Cognitive Project Management for AI, CPMAI methodology and certifications. You can check that out. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, check out more AI Today podcasts at aitoday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. Bye.